0: All right, well, good morning. It's good to see you all this morning. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and open them up to Ephesians chapter 4. We'll use that as a springboard this morning uh, into the lesson. Uh, but just wanted to thank the leadership of the Sunday school class to picking out this book. And I don't know if you've seen it, but it's The Peacemaker uh, by Ken Sandy that we've been going through. And it doesn't matter where we are in the world. doesn't matter what age doesn't matter any of those things, all of us are going to face conflict. It's, you can go anywhere, but you're still going to have some kind of conflict with somebody else. And so this has been so helpful to go through because a lot of us, we experience conflict, we understand conflict, but we don't really understand how to deal with it biblically. A lot of us like to try to take it and, and try to hide it or try to ignore it, and so that in hopes that it will just go away on its own. But it doesn't happen that way. It's kind of like whenever you're five minutes away from hosting a big party of guests and you look around the living room and you still see all the toys, all the stuff is everywhere, and you go into panic mode, what do you do? You take it all and you shove it in the closet, don't you? In order to forget about it. But if you keep on doing that, it's gonna get you someday. Someday you're going to be sitting there with your guests and the latch on the closet door (laughs) is just going to break open and all of that stuff is just going to come out in front of your guests. (coughs) Why? Because you didn't take care of it properly. You fix the latch. You fix the latch. (laughs) Get a deadbolt or something. (laughs) Or you could deal with it properly and those things wouldn't happen. And that's where I kind of see dealing with conflict is very very important we all go through it but we have very little background of how to go about biblically at at taking care of things properly so that's why it's been so helpful now it's impossible to get a chapter in a small sunday school class so i encourage you to get the book read it because you will need the information that's in the book it will be very very helpful for you but just as a, a little bit of review from what the other guys have been teaching. The the book is set out in the four G's of peacemaking. We've already looked at... So you see that the the conflict has already taken place. There's a conflict there. It's not if, it's when the conflict comes. The conflict is there. What do you do? Well, we, we have already looked at... The first thing is look inward to yourself. Not so much outward, but inward to yourself. What's going on? How can I glorify God in this situation? And the other guys have done a great job at, at laying those truths out for us. Uh, then we would move into the second, get the log out of your own eye. Still focusing on what's going on with you instead of trying to correct everybody else. And uh, there's a lot of good things in there about the idols of the heart. The conflict is coming because of the desires. Your desire and another person's desire is completely different. And those clashes come up that way. Well, this morning, we're moving out of the section number 2, and we're moving into 3, gently restore. And so now he's going on in in his book of chapter 8 to learning how to speak to other people during a conflict to resolve the conflict. And so it's very important that we got the first two down Getting ourselves in the right order, the right place, examining what's going on, and then, the book is very clear, then you can move on at trying to speak and trying to help others to gently restore this relationship that has been hindered or hurt because of some kind of conflict that took place. And so we'll be looking at how can we gently restore? How can we go about? What's the the process of going back and gently restoring. And he talks about, this is chapter 8 of the book, and it, the, the heading of the book is called uh, Speak the Truth in Love. Speak the Truth in Love. And so it has to do with speaking. It's, or another word for it is communication. Now, communication is very, 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 very important. All of us communicate. We're, I'm communicating now, but you also are communicating back to me. I'm using words, you're not using words, but you're communicating back to me. You think, Dr. Hager, he's communicating back to me, he's falling asleep. That tells me what's going on. That's called a target. Others are, that's right. Others are, are nodding, falling along, that's all communication. And if you've ever had to learn a foreign language in a, in a setting, living with other people that speak that language, you have all kinds of things going on. You have culture that's determining your communication. You have other words that you have to learn, which can be very, very embarrassing because you get out there and you think you've got the right word, but just a little bit of a tone changes the meaning of the word, and it can be a big change, and it can be very embarrassing. But as we learn to communicate, we use words, but we also use Many other things, don't we? We communicate with our clothes. We communicate with our body language. We communicate how we walk about. We're always communicating something. And it's very important that we learn how to communicate properly in a conflict. And so the scope of this chapter, chapter eight, is to go about and to help us with some more of the practical lists of things of how to communicate properly whenever you are in the midst of a conflict. And it was very, very, very helpful. As we think about this idea of speaking the truth in love, found in Ephesians chapter 4, my mind automatically went back to years, years ago, whenever I was uh, in college and we were out visiting people, inviting people to church, whenever you could still somewhat safely go out and knock on the door, and you wouldn't think of it as much today. But you knock on doors and you try to invite people to church or whatever. And I remember be, the first time I we went out with this one guy, he starts knocking on the door, this guy comes to the door, and he starts speaking truth to him right away. And I'm kind of like waiting for the gun to come out. Right? <laughs> and he's going on and, on and on and on about it, and the guy just slammed the door in his face. And that was the first time that I had a conversation with this guy. I was like, man, we do have to speak truth, but we have to speak truth in love. We have to try to find that balance. But as we look into Ephesians chapter 4. Just kind of want to set the, the stage uh, for the key text that Ken Sandy used about speaking the truth in love. So I'm going to start reading in verse number 11 of Ephesians chapter 4. And he, and he gave some as apostles and some as prophets and some as evangelists and some as pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of service to the building up of the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to a mature man, to the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. As a result, we are no longer to be children tossed here and there by waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, but by the trickery of men, by craftiness and deceitful scheming. But speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in all aspects into into him who is the head, even Christ. So thinking about two things of speaking the truth in love, two things that came to my mind was this is a task for a mature person. We can see here that the text is talking about children. Now, we don't understand the context is within the body of Christ. I mean, it has to do with the church. And In our context this morning, we are the church. We are meeting together. And we're, do conflicts arise in the church? Well, yeah, conflicts arise everywhere. At home, at work, at church. Everywhere there's people, conflict is going to come up. And so in this context of speaking the truth in love, we understand that Speaking the truth in love requires maturity, requires growing up. And as we do it, we begin to grow up in Christ. And it's very important, but the the point that he's trying to get across in the book of speaking the truth in love is trying to find the balance of it. Now, everything in life we have to be in balance, right? In order for you to drive here this morning, your car has to have the right amount of fluids in it to be balanced out to be able to get here. Even our bodies. We have to, we talk a lot about a balanced diet or the doctors will talk to us a lot about a balanced diet to keep it balanced because too much of a good thing is actually not a good thing. And so balance is very, very, very important and in trying to find the balance between truth and love can be challenging. Now guys, I got, ladies you can close your ears for a minute. I got some helpful hint, tips for the guys. There's only one instance where you should be out of balance in speaking the truth in love. Whenever your wife comes to you on Sunday morning and says, does this dress look okay this morning? Always err on the side of love. Okay? Just a little helpful hint for you. (laughs) Always err on the side of love. Now we're trying to keep that in balance, trying to find should we speak the truth now? Should we, we, should we do it in a loving way? It, it, it can be challenging, right? Well, it's very, very... It's very important that we find out the truth and love when we're dealing with conflict. Coming across in a loving way, but yet still speaking truth, is, is, a, is a great challenge. And it's, a, and it's what um, Ken Sandy is kind of pointing out to us to be able to find that balance of being able to speak the truth, at the same time being able to do it in a loving way where people don't shut us off or or get even more angry uh, at us as we we move along. So learning that is a very, very, very important task for us to do. And the first point that he talks to us about is bring hope through the gospel. The gospel-centered living is vital. In any area of our lives, whether we're parenting, whether we are whatever we're doing, in our marriages, wherever we're doing, we're trying to put the gospel message, the core gospel message, in in practical use in every day of our lives. Sometimes we think, oh, that's just a a prayer that I prayed a long time ago. No, the gospel truths is what transforms us, and we we receive the grace to, to be able to live every day. It's very, very helpful that we look at everything in light of the gospel. And he's talking here of this first point in the book. Before you go and you are confronting somebody or you're, ta- or you're speaking the truth in love to somebody, make sure that you're saturated. You're trying to bring hope through the gospel. And it's very, very important that we use grace, forgiveness, All these different aspects of the gospel come in and shape our hearts before we go on to others. That's what uh, Jacob and the others have been talking about is dealing with our, our own hearts first and then being able to share out of the overflow of that, being able to deal with conflict in the right way. So many times we are so apt to find the faults of people, And bring out the law and judge them and say, you did this wrong and this wrong and this wrong. It's so easy for us and natural for us to condemn. But it's harder for us to point them to Christ and understand, hey, we're all in the same boat together. We mess up. I mess up. But here is the forgiveness that Christ offers. Here's the grace that we can show to each other because of Christ's work on the cross. Bringing that hope through the gospel. In the book it talks about, on page 165, a, a quote from Ken Sandy talks about, I've been praying and I've been asking God to help me that I would put the gospel central to everything in my life. And I thought that was a, a very important part. I thought that was a very good point. To, as we go about our tasks, whatever task it is, to put the gospel central. But especially in dealing with conflict because it's very, very difficult to do that even in our own strength. And so we need to be able to rely uh, upon God for that. Uh, but uh, speaking the truth in love, the first point that he brings out is that we need to, in order to communicate properly, we need to be able to listen. You think, well, listen's not communicating, but actually listening is communicating. Have you ever listened to some or talked to somebody and you're pouring out your heart to somebody, you're in tears, You're you're just... Letting everything go that's in your heart, and they're either on their phone or they're looking around like this. Have you ever been there? It's just frustrating They say, hey, just look at me and, and I, I want to talk to you. Right? Well, you, That person is communicating back to you whenever they're not listening to you. They're saying, I don't care what you have to say. And I think it's very important, especially in conflict. When somebody comes to you, if that we listen. Or when we're going to confront somebody else, that we go and we hear the whole story and we take time to listen to what's going on in their heart. Not making judgment calls, not saying, well, this is what you did, so not even going and, and trying to find it out, you just go and start speaking, is not very helpful sometimes. And so the book was talking about some practical helps in listening and he gave a list in the book and I'm just going to go through a couple of them um, in the list form. Um, so James 1 says be quick to listen. Uh, listening is a, is a form of communication as I mentioned and it's a very important, important part of the restoration process. Now practical skills for listening. Now, the first one is waiting. You know sometimes we we, know, we think we know what's going on, and we, somebody starts speaking to us, and all of a sudden, our mind thinks of a solution. I know for us guys, that happens to me a lot. I start, my wife starts speaking to me, and I, I, I automatically have an answer within a couple minutes. But that's not really what she wants. She doesn't want the answer. She wants me to listen, right? And I need to wait on that and try to figure out what's going on. Even Proverbs 18, 13 says, speaking before listening is folly. And to, to get through all these, we'll have to go kind of quickly. So if you want more detail about these things, you have to get the book and read it on your own. <laughs> Attending, of paying attention is what I was saying earlier, of put the phone aside, turn the TV off. He was given some practical helps to of, of leaning forward, acting like, not acting, but being interested in what they're having to say is very, very important. For them to open up even more, if you're not paying attention, they're not gonna open up anymore. They're just gonna shut down. And so, it's very important that we're paying attention. Clarifying. You know, sometimes, especially, if you have experience learning another language and communicating in another culture, clarity is very important. You think you have said a certain thing, but actually what the receiver is getting is something completely different. And so make sure you're clarifying what they're saying. Is this true? This is what I'm hearing. Is this what you mean by that? Those kind of questions as you're going along and trying to solve this conflict. And it can be kind of, kind of hairy at times, especially if you're, you're at odds with this person for some conflict that came up. It's hard to hear some of the things that they're saying to you. But you can say, well, this is what I'm hearing you say. Is that what you are meaning to come across that? So making sure you're all on the same page can be very difficult in communication. And uh, communicating on different pages makes the conflict worse. It's so very important to clarify. Reflecting, summarizing. So they just you're going before somebody that you have a conflict with and you're talking with them back and forth. And you just want to summarize what they said to you just to make sure, again, for clarity's sake, that you heard exactly what they wanted you to hear and what they meant by it. And agreeing with that person. When things, when truth is spoken and you can agree on it, agree on it. Meet, Meet them where they are. Meet them what you agree on and go forward from there. Doesn't mean you have to agree with everything that they're saying. They might be wrong. And that's the reason why you have to go to them and because they are wrong. And you need to try to show them that gently. But they could be wrong, but the things that are true, you say, that's, that's exactly right. That's the same way that I feel. Trying to get on the same page, I think, is, is very, very, very helpful. All right, time to speak. We've spent all this time so far in all the Sunday school classes of preparing our heart, Getting ready to speak now. The time comes to be able to go and speak to this person about the conflict. It's the hard part. It's the part is very uncomfortable at times trying to do this. But the, Proverbs 12, 18, the tongue of the wise brings healing. Ask God for wisdom. Bringing in wisdom into this would be very, very helpful. And so, he gives us some practical skills for speaking. Before, it was practical skills for listening, which is still communicating. And now, he gives a lot of practical skills for speaking to that person, going before that person and trying to resolve this thing. Not just pushing it in the closet and forgetting about it, but wisely and gently and calmly and softly and biblically come and speak. Notice all those words? That's the attitude that we're supposed to come, the attitude of a heart that has been changed by God, that is full of wisdom, and the first point, full of grace. The first point in skills for speaking is breathe grace. I think this was the most important part of the whole chapter. Uh, chapter 8, speaking the truth and love. Breathing grace. This is key. Again, it goes back to getting our heart right. What we are submersing ourselves in is what's going to come out, right? If we are submersing ourselves with the truths of the gospel and understanding God's grace in our hearts and how God has worked in our lives and restored conflict with other people when you were wrong, and you understand all these things, and you say, Boy, I'm so thankful for the grace of God. When you come with that kind of attitude to resolving a conflict, you'll get a lot farther than the attitude of, They're wrong. I'm right, they need to listen to me. You see the difference between the two attitudes? It's very important that we're breathing in this grace. A long time ago, I heard a a great illustration on this about a teabag. And sometimes you wonder about people, whenever they come to church, they're quiet, and boy, they're just all put together. But you get to go to a sports game or something like that, and their team is losing, and the ref made a wrong call, Maybe it's their son that's playing and the ref made a wrong call against their son and they automatically, they stand up and they start shouting and yelling and screaming and saying all kinds of mean things, right? Have you ever seen that? The most quiet person you would think at church but yet, get them in a sports arena they forget about all that and they're, where does that come from? Well, it comes from within, doesn't it? With the teabag illustration, whenever you put the tea in the water, the hot water, what happens to the tea? What comes out? The hot water draws the tea out, right? And it's, it's like trials in our lives or sports. That draws out what's already inside. And so some of that stuff is inside. We need to make sure that inside ourselves we are breathing grace before we go and solve this conflict, before we speak. <laughs> All right, making loving judgments. Believing the best about others before they're proven facts. Does that make sense? Sometimes we go into a situation, we already in our mind, we already have our opinion made of that person. Give them grace. Think the best about why they did that wrong to you. Think the best about the person until the facts prove otherwise. very important. <clears throat> speak the truth in love, and balance, that's what the whole chapter is about. Talking from beside and not from above. Not coming down and condemning them, but hey, we're in the same boat together, I want to get this resolved, talking brother to brother, sister to sister, trying to help those things to go along, and we've got to move a lot faster. Helping others examine the desires of their hearts. Uh, As Jacob was already teaching about, we need to examine the idols and the desires of our own hearts. We need to help those people that we're trying to resolve the conflict with. We need to try to encourage them to search their hearts, to see their desires and their idols, if they might be misplaced. So the same thing you learned in chapter 5, you need to try to teach to the other person that you're going to talk to. Choose the right time and place, it's just common sense. When you're tired, whenever you're in the middle of the, the biggest sports game of the year, probably not the best time to solve the conflict. Pick the right time in the right place. Talk, to per- talk in person whenever possible so that you can see body language, all that kind of stuff. If it's not possible, not- something is better than nothing, but trying to encourage you to talk in person so you can get the whole process going. Engage rather than declare. Engage the person. We need to try to get this worked out. Work on it together as opposed to this is the way it is, this is the way it's going to be, let's just go forward. Okay. So work on trying to engage that. And He has more on all these things you can read about in the book. Communicate clearly so that you cannot be misunderstood. Working on your communication skills. Plan your words carefully. Use I-statements not just condemning them, saying, you did this, you did this, you did this, but here's what I did, and maybe this is the way it came across. Helpful to try to um, come across as an attitude of loving, and, but also at the same time bringing truth. Keeping that balance is very, very important. Be, <clears throat> excuse me. Be objective. Don't say you always or you never. Very important. You say, you always do this. Probably not the best attitude. To resolve the conflict. They don't always do that every single moment. Maybe they do it a lot, but you can't say always, okay? They're very, very, uh, sorry, ask for feedback. <coughs> Use the Bible carefully. I thought this was really important. Sometimes we go with our Bible and we're like, hey, we need to teach them this and from the Bible and we start using the Bible and also what you, you've called before in the past is a Bible thumper. Have you ever heard of that? Somebody carries a big Bible and just always condemning people and saying, you know, you need to get this right. And they're using Bible to do it. Be careful. Come across loving, bringing the truth, but come across loving, keeping that balance, <clears throat> using the Bible for its intended purpose. Offer solutions. Don't just go and talk, hey, you did this wrong. But offer them ways and, 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 and practical ways to be able to help them to understand that they did wrong, but also how to restore that together. Um, giving solutions. Again, offering our solution is Christ is our hope. Without, without Christ working our heart, without grace, we have no hope of restoration. And so we have to keep that in mind as we're going through. Recognize your own limits. Recognize that you are not God. You can try your best to resolve the conflict, but the conflict still might be there, even though you've done your best. You've done all these biblical principles. You've you've read the book. You're you're ready to go out now, and you want to try to resolve this thing, and it doesn't resolve. You have to rely on God's grace, that God will work in their heart, and let him do his work. So recognize your own limits in it. You, You might not be the one God uses to resolve the conflict. Maybe so, but maybe not. So you have to kind of filter through that. Again, each situation is different, too. So you can't, this is just a kind of generalized, and sometimes you have to use common sense w- w- along with the biblical principles to be able to resolve the conflict properly. And so you can't just take this list and be like, okay, I'm going to do this, this, this. Okay, wait a minute. Point number four. Uh, let's see, how can I do that? Okay, good do it. And then expect it all to just to be to go away. Doesn't always happen that way in what we call the real world, right? And so it's easy to read a book about it. It's easy to see the lists, the bullet points, and get it all down and memorize it all. But when you get out into the real world, you have to adapt it. That's why it's understanding the biblical principles behind it and being able to understand. The attitude that the Bible changes our hearts so that we can extend grace to others is key, vital in solving the conflict. And so just to the conclusion, speak the truth in love. A quote from Ken Sandy, with God's help you can learn to speak the truth in love by saying what will build others up, listening responsibly to what others say, and by using principles of wisdom from God's word. Very, very important stuff. Thinking through these things is not always easy. It's not always going to resolve everything. But as we move forward, asking for God's help, coming with an attitude of not condemning, but bringing an attitude of grace that you've been forgiven by God, these conflicts, some, some are small and some are big. Not all conflicts are, are, are equal. And so we have to kind of filter through each one separately. And you have to ask God for wisdom. And that's why it's so important. The point of talking about breathing in grace, having that relationship with God that's transforming your life. If you don't go into resolving the conflict with that relationship, that close relationship with God, you're going to struggle at resolving the conflict. Because all of us, what? Sometimes we get angry. Sometimes we don't always respond when other people are angry. We don't always respond softly like the Bible tells us in Proverbs. When, wrath, when they're wrathful towards us, what do we get? We get even more angry, and then it starts exploding. It does not come natural to us to resolve conflicts in a biblical way. Unless you're breathing in that grace, having that relationship every day focused on the Word of God, focused on prayer, focused on God's grace to help you, to give you wisdom to be able to do it. Let's pray and ask God's help. <laughs> Father, we, <clears throat> we come before you. We know this, this subject is, is way larger than what we could do in just a, a, a series, in a Sunday school class. And Father, how important, how vital it is to the church life, to the body. And Father, Father, So many times, people run away from where you would have them to be because of conflict. And so, Father, we pray that you would help us to learn how to deal with conflict biblically. And that you would breathe grace into us, that we could breathe your grace to other people. And, Father, help us to come with an attitude of not condemning, but, Father, coming with an attitude of Of helping and restoring and leading other brothers and sisters in Christ, or perhaps even lost people at work and wherever the conflict might be, Father, I pray that you would help us, especially as believers, to be the first one to fight for making peace in the conflicts. May at at our workplaces, may we be we be known for the ones that always are trying to resolve things and bring peace to others. Because, Father, we know from your word that it's biblical to work on peacemaking. So, Father, I pray that you would do your work in all of our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you.